Rabbi Isai, we're going to have a very interesting subject this morning, which is closely linked um, to uh, one of the Psukim of the Sixth Parsha, and also will give us an opportunity to um, look into a most profound concept, and uh, hopefully you will also have something to say over at the Shabbos table. So, the Pasuk tells us in Parshas Nayach, when Nayach comes out of the Teva, the Rebbein Shalom says, Bi'ach es dimchem l'napshoyseichem, Edroish, but your blood for your souls, Edroish, I will seek out. Miyad Kolchaya Edroshenu, I will seek it out from any animal. In other words, even an animal who takes the life of a human will be held responsible. Now look carefully. Umiyad Ha'adam, Miyad Ishachiv, from the hand of a person, from the hand of his brother, Edroish as Nefesh Ha'adam, I will seek out the life of a person. So the first thing we need to notice is the fact that the Torah utilizes the language Edrash, Jerisha, seeking out, which is a very unusual expression. But aside from that, the Pasuk mentions two things. It says, who will be responsible for killing? Number one, Miyad Ha'adam, a person. And number two, Miyad Ishachiv. Number two, Miyad Ishachiv. A person. Okay, so that we understand. What are these two expressions? Who's liable for killing? Number one, miyad ha'adam. And number two, miyad ishachiv. It's just either miyad ha'adam or miyad ishachiv. Comes along the Ksav HaKabbalah, and the Ksav HaKabbalah offers us a tremendous explanation. Ksav HaKabbalah, Rabbi Yaakov Tzvi Mecklenburg, one of... Why is an animal chayiv? Because he kills. That's his nature. The nature of an animal is to kill. God, it could be, but he'll still be held responsible. Rab- Rabbi, we have a very short amount of time. Let's try to go through this. The Ksavah Kabbalah tells us, When it comes to the word ish, the Torah adjoins it with which word? Achiv. It says, Miyad Ha'adam. And then it says, Miyad Ish Achiv. Nirali says the Ksav HaKabbalah. It appears to me, Ki Shnei Ofane Ritzicha. There are two types of murder. Number one, Im Liras Hanirzach Linkoim Nikmasmeno. You want to kill someone, you want to, you hate them, you hate their guts, you want to take revenge. Aylakachas Mamono. Or you kill someone, you want to take their money. Right? You hope that you hope you don't get caught, right? You hope the glove the glove doesn't fit. But uh, people could murder for various reasons, for various improper reasons. But there's another reason you may want to kill someone. And what is that? Im Litoivas Hanirzach. Maybe you could kill for the benefit of the one who was killed. Kishuhu Meshuka Bitsar Godal. Let's say someone they're suffering terribly. Right? They're suffering terribly. And you want to spare them the misery. They choose death over life. And we have instances of this in Tanakh. Avi Melech said to the kid, Unleash your sword and kill me. Please stand up and kill me. So we have we have instances of this. This is called mercy killing or euthanasia. 
Right? Euthanasia means mercy killing. Or in Hebrew, euthanasia is what we call retzach mitoch rachamim. Killing out of mercy. Right? But the word euthanasia is a Greek word, which means mercy killing. The first euthanasia society was, was established in 1938. Um, the first euthanasia society of America was founded by a guy by the name of Charles Francis Parker. However, Bismarck has said the law in most countries is euthanasia is prohibited. So now these societies, they spend most of their time educating people on the benefits of euthanasia. And throughout uh, Amer- you know, recent American history, there have been jury trials where a husband will kill a wife, Nebuch, she's suffering terribly, and often the jury will have mercy on the husband because it's understandable. It's, it's, a, it's a human compassion feels for these type of cases. So what does the Torah have to say about this type of murder? It says, The Torah speaks of both of these types of murder. Someone who's killing for the best... Right to harm the one who's being killed. Hanasarak mipchuse bnei adam, which being done out of the low character of man. So Yomar it says about this miyad haadam, from the hand of man, because adam is an expression used when you're talking about the more base element of human character. For instance, we have in this week's parsha, Bayered Hashem Lerois. When it comes to Migdal Bavel, it calls mankind Bnei Adam. Right? So the first type of murder, killing to harm, is called Miyad Ha'adam. Because here a human being is acting with his base element. But regarding what? The second type of killing. Which is being performed with the consent of the one being murdered, and for his benefit, even someone on a very high level may perform an act like this. He could be, even be a friend of the Nerzach. In other words, there are two types of murder. There's Miyad Ha'adam, when someone's coming as a bad person with his base character to kill, and then there's Miyad Ish. Ish implies a higher level. Why would an ish ever kill? An ish would kill to benefit the one being murdered. Where he's acting as achiv, he's doing out of ava, he's doing out of love. In both of these cases, the Torah says, it is prohibited. The person who thinks, even asks the person, that doesn't have the right. Kaddish Porko doesn't give the, the right. You're okay, so good, that's what... You're borrowing the neshama, you're borrowing the book... You're renting it when you return a rental car. You've got to return the car. Good, good. Right, that's what the Torah is saying. The Torah is saying both forms of murder are prohibited. Miyad Adam is number one. That's the first type. Miyad Ishachiv is the second type. Is the second type. These are, these are the two types. Okay? Rabbi, so this is the topic uh, we've, we have not discussed before, although we have touched on the lashon of Jerisha before. But that's what the Torah is saying. There are two types of murder. There's Miyad HaAdam, and there's Miyad Ish Achiv, where the person's acting not as a lowly Adam, he's acting on a higher level of Ish, and he's acting as Achiv out of love. What's Halach Lamaisa? Halach Lamaisa, there's no question. Right? There are no instances that it's permitted. You can't do this. Halach Lamaisa, we pass in the Yaradeya, Simen Shin Lamet 
Someone who's a goyseis. What's a goyseis? Someone who's teetering, right? He's near death. He's considered alive. You can't touch his jaw. You can't anoint him with anything. You can't rinse him off. You can't clean him. You can't remove the pillow. He's alive. And if you touch him ever so slightly, you may end up what? Killing him. And that's what the shach writes. You're not allowed to do anything that brings a person's death any closer. Because we do not believe in quality of life. It's a matter of... Thank you. Is that why you don't touch, you're not allowed to touch a ghost face? That's correct. Yeah, you may kill him. You're not to touch you can't touch a ghost. That's what it says in Shilam Mates, Halacha Aleph. So do you have ghost face if someone who's dying in the Oh, so that's another story. We say in Tehillim, yeah, we say in Tehillim, David Amalek says, and turn that off. To be a ghost face means like you're really near death. So near death. So you can't touch them because you're scared. You may, you may, that may be the, the last straw. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. That's why David Amalek says unto Hillem. David Amalek says unto him, Yasser Yisrani Ka. I think the euthanasia society is after us over here or something. But Yasser Yisrani Ka Vlamavas. David Amel says the Rebbeinu could give me retribution. The Rebbeinu could give me afflictions, but right, to be alive—that's the greatest bracha. However, there is a something that the Ramah tells us. The Ramah says something very interesting. They used to believe that if there were loud noises, the person couldn't die. You know, they were startled by the noise that kept them alive. So if let's say you have a wood chopper chopping wood, and you have a guy who's a goyseis, and he's in the misery, you're allowed to tell the wood chopper to stop chopping. Why? Because you're not killing the guy. You're just removing that thing that's preventing him from going. Okay? That's what the Ramah says in, in number six. If there is something that's preventing someone from dying, somebody's car alarm went off. Or somebody is, uh, was chopping wood. Someone's chopping wood. The guy had salt on his tongue and somehow the salt on his tongue was stopping him from uh, leaving this world. So, and these things are stopping him from uh, leaving this world. You could remove it because that's not called killing him. You're just removing the deterrent of his misa. If a person is on a machine that's keeping him alive, and you remove the machine, you're not necessarily killing him. It's an old child. I know, I know. So that, that, that might be different than this case. Because that, that machine is keeping him alive. In this case, the, the, the wood is not keeping him alive, it's just stopping him from dying. That, that, that might be different. Okay. So we would like to look into Rabbi Isai. What about shock treatment? What? Shock treatment. Shock treatment? Yeah. What about it? Yeah, on a whale? On an animal? Uh, on a human? Sure, if you need to. Okay. Rabbi Sai, let us look into the following. Let's look into the following issue. We're not talking about people. We're talking about. Let's look into the following issue. Let's stay here. Where are we now? The Ksavah HaKabbalah told us 
he gave us examples of stories in Tanakh where people asked to be killed, to be put out, out of their misery. One of the stories that the Ksav HaKabala cites is the story of Shaul HaMelech. When Shaul HaMelech was in his final battle, so, and he saw that the results were inevitable, the Pasuk says at the end of Shmuel Aleph, look at number 7, Bayoimer Shaul Kalaf, Shaul told his weapon barrier, Shleif Charbacha, please unleash, right, your sword, Vedakreniba, stab me, perhaps these goyim are going to come with the Kareni, they're going to mock me, okay, so that Shaul asked someone to kill him, so the question is, was Shaul allowed to ask someone to kill him? Halacha again, euthanasia is prohibited. Right? That's what the Torah is saying. According to Ksav HaKabal, it's a Pasuk in Chumash. It's not just a, la- it's not just a logic. According to the Ksav HaKabal, there's Miyad HaAdam, that's one type of murder, and Miyad Ish Achiv, even out of Ava. But we want to know, was Shaul, did Shaul have any heter to do what he was doing? So we have a Medrash. Shaul Yeah, he is. No. Why not? He could have Shaul is youth in Israel. Maybe he could have escaped. No, he, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He, he, asked, he, he wasn't uh, on the gates of death. He was hit by. He yes. was hit no, by the he was in the gates of death. No, no. He, he, he it was inevitable. Was it was in battle. The enemy was surrounding him. It was only a matter of a few moments before they would get him. So Shaul Amel to be, he didn't want to be mocked. He didn't want to be uh, desecrated. So he wanted to know maybe could he die in dignity? Okay. So actually, the Medrash says, Rabbi Sai. Even though this Pasuk says that murder is Aser. And what we call euthanasia is Aser. It says Ach. What does Ach mean? It's a miyot. Meaning, but there's an exception to the rule. So the Medr says, yeah, what's the exception? Ach, lahavi yisachonek atzmai. This Pasuk, Ach, dimchem lenafshu seichem edroish, is talking about suicide. You can't kill yourself. Yochel Kushal, I would think like Shal, Talmud Loimar, Ach. Therefore, the Torah says Ach. Ach is a miut. In Shal's situation, that's the exception to the rule. It was permitted. That's a simple way of reading the Medrash. The Das the Kanim. Why was it permitted in Shal's? The Das the Kanim on this week's parsha brings down two ways of reading this Medrash. What number is Das? Nine. Nine. The Das Akanim in number nine, he brings down. That's a different different case. We're not going to get into that. That's a case of being Moiser Nefesh. We're not going to talk about that right now. Rabbi Sai, look on the, in the Das Akanim in number nine on the fourth line. Talmud Loimar Ach, Kivishas Hashmad, in a time of Shmad, meaning in a time where if the Goyim get a hold of you, they'll take away the religion or, the, or, or they'll desecrate you or they'll mock you. You could deliver yourself over to death. You could kill yourself. That like we find by Shaul ben Kish. That's what it means. Ach. Ach means in Shaul's situation, it was different. It was different. It was permitted. Like we find. Like we find in the Gemara and Gittin. You know, those boys were taken over in the, ba, in the boat in the boat, and they were afraid that they were going to be taken over for uh, lewd practices, so they jumped off the boat. But then, the Yedasa Canaan brings down a few lines down, V'yesha Oisrin, 
There are those who answer. And they say, You're not permitted to kill yourself. I would think that you could do it in Shaul's situation. Ach means, You have no right to hurt yourself at all. What about Shaul? Shaul did the wrong thing. So we have a machlekes midrasha, machlekes rishonim. Uh, euthanasia again is prohibited, but even in Shaul's situation, even Shaul, there is a machlekes whether Shaul Hamelach did the right thing or Shaul Hamelach did the wrong thing. Okay. Now we want to know eventually what happened to Shaul. To Shaul. Well, let's see a little bit further on in Sefer Shmuel. Let's see a little bit further on in Sefer Shmuel. The Pasuk says, David HaMelech meets a kid. David meets the kid. He said, Where are you from? Because this kid had said he met Shaul on the battlefield, and Shaul said, Please kill me. And the kid said, I killed Shaul. So he says to David, You know who I am? I'm the son of a man who is a convert from Amalek. David said, How could you have not been afraid to kill the anointed one of God? And what does David do? He kills him. But I don't understand. How could David kill him? But Shaul asked the kid to kill him. But the kid didn't kill him. Yeah, he did. He fell on it, but if you look a little further, after he fell on it, he wasn't dead. The Amaleki killed him. This kid, he then. Is he the Nose Caleb, this Amaleki? Yeah. Why would Shaw have an Amaleki? He's a Gare. He's a Gare. He's a Gare. He's a Gare. B'nai Banav Shalham and Lamed and Tarab of Nebrak. Right? They're the best warriors. Rabbi said, well, let's finish up over here. Shh. So the question is, the question is, how is David HaMelech allowed to kill him? Listen to this. How is David allowed to kill him? But this guy was only listening to Shaul. Shaul asked him to kill him. So if the king says, kill me, don't you listen? So the Rabbag asked this question. Yeshua number 11, Madua. Siva David Lahargai, why did David command to kill him? They were only acceding to the request of Shaul. You know what the answer is? Because the same way if someone says, Oh, my dear friend Rabero, could you punch me in the face? Are you allowed to listen to him? No. So so too, if somebody says, Please kill me, you're not allowed to listen to them. Aye, but it's the king? Doesn't matter, it's the king. You can't listen to them. A person, doesn't matter who it is, it could be the Godad or it could be the Melech Yisrael, if they ask you to kill them, you're not allowed to listen. And here we come to a most fascinating comment on the Pasuk that we started off with. V'yach es dimchem l'nafshoyseichem ed roish. Miad kolchaya ed roshenu. And this is from the Sefer Latayrul Mayadim from Rev Zevin. And Rev Zevin points out, this is very interesting, 
Halashain Drisha Bimuvan Shaltviya Lai Matsano Bashumakim Alavero Shabinadamakim. This language of Drisha, what does Drisha mean? A claim on something that you have that doesn't belong to you and belongs to me and I want it back. Right? What does Drisha mean? Drisha means you have something that belongs to me. Give it back. We do not find this expression by any Avera Ben Adam Lamakan. You have it by Ben Adam Lachaveroi. Matsino Rakhalashan Pekida. God will visit. Right? Paiket Avain Avais Abanam. Ba'efkoid Avain Aba. Ba'tifkoid Alai Avain Aishor. I'll add. It says. So when it comes to God says, I'll visit punishment on you. But in this Pasuk, it's not talking about it's talking about between you and your, between it's not talking about between you and your friend, it's talking about between you and God. God is saying, I'm going to get it back? What do you mean he's going to get it back? It should say, I'll punish you. Bemusak drisha. Whenever we use the expression drisha, mishdamshim bemikra al tvias davar shalachem. You want to close the door? We only find the expression drisha when we're talking about getting something back from someone else. In mamain, ay nefesh kamai, right? You, if you find a lost object, you should hold on to it until when? Adiroy shachicha isai. Until your brother seeks it out. What does that mean? Till he seeks back. What belongs to him in your possession. Or Bidarashti is Sony Miyadam. I will seek out my sheep from your hand. Bigam Damahine Nidrash. But why does it say by Ma'abed as Atzmay Ladas, someone who commits suicide, Biaches Dimchem, Lenafshay Sechem, Edrash? What Edrash? You know what we see from here? That when a person takes his life, this is not just an Avera between, you know, Hashem says, I don't want you to take your life. God says, Edrash, I have something that you took away from me. I want it back. What is that thing? Your life. In other words, the Torah is saying that a person's life does not belong to them. It belongs to God. And if a person misappropriates his life, God says, Ed Roish, you have something in your possession that belongs to me. Didn't we say that he's allowed to because he's going to get mocked? There are limited limited circumstances where it's permitted. But in general, the person's life is not something that a person has rights over, say over. What does this show? That a person's looking at the next paragraph. The fact that a, the Torah utilizes this expression. God is saying, You have something in your possession that belongs to me. And that's why the Ramam writes, like this, Ramam says, that if a murderer comes to the Bezin and says, Come on, let me off the hook. I'll give you a hundred million dollars on and you know, I'll, I'll put up ten yeshivas. Right? It says, Even if he gives all the money in the world. Why? Says the Rambam, Right? 
What if the girl Hadam says, you know what? I'm not going to kill her. I'm not going to kill the murderer. I'll have Rachmanus on him. Could the girl Hadam say that? No. No, he has no right to do that. You know why? Because it's not his. It's not, it's not your. It's not my life. It's not up to me. This you took away something that belonged to God, and God wants it back. Now, very interesting. Very interesting. What's the halacha? Person comes into Bezin and he says, "I lived with my sister. I uh, I'm a murderer. I committed adultery. I served Avodah Do we kill him? No. Why not? No, it's not." There, there's no, there's no Edim. But one second. What if a person comes and says, what if Zelik comes into the call and says, Rabbi, I owe you a million dollars. So what's the halacha? I collect it. Why? Could a person testify about himself or not? Because the money is his, but the Says the Radvaz. The Radvaz says. And the Radvaz comments on the Rambam. That a person, what if a person comes in and says, you know, I wore Shatnas. Could he be Mechaev himself, Malchus? No. 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 Why not? Says the Radvaz, Al She'en Hargim in Malkim Adam Piyodas Atmai, Lufi She'en Navshoi Shal Adam Kinyanai. A person's life is not his. Ela Kinyan HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is why, that is why, very interesting, the Radvaz says like this. A person cannot be mechayv himself misa. A person cannot be mechayv himself money. Malchus. Malchus. But money? The money belongs money to you. Is. It's my money. It's my credit card. I can do whatever I want. If I want to say that I owe you a million dollars, that's my prerogative. My money belongs to me. Uh-huh. I can do whatever I want with my money. Uh-huh. If I want to give it up, I have a title to. But my life is not mine. It's not my life. How could ever Bezdin decide they're going to kill somebody because it's not... Because Hashem told them to. So that's in the Torah. But the, the, the lesson of Edrash, this expression, Hashem says, I don't look at when I give life to man as I'm giving you something. And you know, it's an empty check. Do whatever you want with it. Like, you know, Citibank, they used to have an advertisement on their check boxes. Life. The ultimate blank check. Remember that? It's a great expression, right? What's greater than a blank check? You can do whatever you want. You can make a person can make his life worth ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a billion dollars, right? You can make whatever you want out of it. The only thing is, it's not a blank check. It's not a blank. It's not a blank check. You know why? Because you can't do whatever you want with it. It doesn't belong to you. You're a custodian. You're a guardian. You're an apotropis. You're a shomer. But it's not yours. Your money is yours. Do whatever you want. You want to buy, you want to invest in this thing, in that thing, that's up to you. There's certain guidelines. But life, life, a person has no say. Haidas baldin is kamei only by money, but not by life. Okay, back to Shaul HaMelech for a minute. Just the guy wasn't allowed to do it. So if we just said that a person cannot testify about themselves, so then how could David HaMelech kill this kid who claims he killed Shaul, but how did, did David see him kill Shaul? No. How does David know he killed Shaul? Because he said so. But I thought we don't accept the testimony of someone about capital offense because their life is, does not belong to them. Yeah? So, like this. Rabbeinu Yeshaya tells us, Rabbeinu Yeshaya in Sefer Shmuel, look at number 13, turn it over, that this Gera Amaleki 
You know who he was? Look what he writes. Yeshoimrim, who doyek hoadoyme. This was good old doyek. Now, Doig already had a long track record, right? He already had a bad criminal record. He killed out. He was responsible for the death of Noivir HaKoyhanim. So David didn't kill him because he admitted that he killed Shaul. Can't kill someone if they admit they killed Shaul. Why? It's Hodas Baldin Edim Dami. But rather, this is Doig. Doig's already Chayiv Misa. Now, Rashi brings down this pshat. Rashi doesn't like it. No, I don't, I don't accept it. No, David has a king. David has a right to, to was, kill. Was he uh, established as king yet? Yes, of course. No, no, no. Shaul just died. No, no, no. He, First of all, Shaul, uh, David was already anointed. He was only waiting for Shaul to die. But once Shaul died, so now, every, now everything is in place. But Rabbi said, very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. The Rambo, yeah. Well, if you're dead, you can't, right? If you're dead, you can't be the king. Okay. The Rambam, in Hilchel Sanhedrin, look in the Rambam, look at number 15. The Rambam says something very interesting. The Rambam says, Gzeris HaKosif, Yishayin Mamisim Bezdin. There's Gzeris HaKosif, that Bezdin doesn't kill. The Lai Malkin HaSadim, Bezdin doesn't give Malkus. Bohaidoas Piv, by a person's admission, El Alpishneidim, you need testimony. Ah, if you need testimony, how could Yehoshua kill Achan? How could David kill the Geram Aleki? answers It was a one-time leniency. It was a hayrasha. The times called for it. So even though halachically, technically speaking, he wasn't allowed to do it, it was a hayrasha. Or Aidin Malchasaya as king, in capacity of as commander in chief, he was authorized to kill without um, without testimony. Crazy. Uh, the Malbim wants to say a tremendous Chiddush. Ready for this? The Malbim wants to say that if you say this guy was, an, was a really an Amaleki, the Malbim says, listen to this. Even though you can't kill a Jew based on a Jew's own testimony, when it comes to a guy, you could. You could. Garrett may just mean Ger, he lived. Garrett can mean he, he lived. There are two Pshatim. Either Garamalaki means he was an actual convert, or Garamalaki, he was a sojourner in the land of the Amalekim. So if you say like that, the Mabam wants to say, look at number 17. If you want to say he was Mamish in Amaleki, we learned, if you remember, a guy, do you need to warn a guy to kill him? No. No. If a guy kills someone who's going to die in a minute anyway, do we kill him? Yeah. yeah. A guy who kills a treifa is chayv misa. To kill a guy, you only need one judge. You only need one witness. So you could say that since this Geram Aleki was a guy, the din of Hoidas Baldin Kamei Edim Dami, which we said doesn't apply by Misa, it doesn't, that doesn't apply by Goyim. By Goyim, we say that they could be mitre, they committed an offense, and we will kill them. Now, the Malbim is a little reluctant to say this Chiddush. He says, V'tzarach i'in b'zeh ladina. Now, Rabbi said, this is not like the Rambam. The Rambam was bothered by a question. The Rambam wants to know, how could David kill the Geram Aleki? So the Rambam didn't want to say, well, this Geram Aleki, uh, he was a guy, and we say, Hadas Baldin, or maybe because the Rambam held he was a Jew. 
But nevertheless, this is a very big chush that the Malbim is advancing. But nevertheless, if you look in the Sefer HaChinuch, look in the Sefer HaChinuch, Sefer HaChinuch says, Umin hachilukim shven Yisrael ashar Among the distinctions between Klai Yisrael and the other nations of the world, number one, a Jew cannot be chayiv without Edim. A Jew needs warning. But other nations, other Goyim, they don't need warning. There's no difference whether they act b'shagig or b'mezid. And look what he says: the chain yischayvu gam kein boydas pihem. Sevachinuch says, "All right, a guy who admits to a capital offense, we will accept that testimony." But Rabbi say, in any event, we learned two very important things from this pasuk: the fact that the Torah repeats miyad ha'adam and miyad yishachiv. The Torah is saying there is two types of murder: one is miyad ha'adam, murder out of sinna. And then there's miyad ish achav. There's murder out of ava. Murder out of ava is also asr. But then the Torah is teaching us a very important thing by employing this lashon of edrash. Edrash is usually only employed if I want back something that I have. And the Rebbe Shalom says yes. In this situation, when it comes to human life, the word edrash is absolutely appropriate because when it comes to someone's life, this is not something that belongs to you, and I just don't like what you're doing with it. It doesn't belong to you. God says I will seek out. That which you have in your possession that does not belong to you, that is the lashon of Edrash.